It's chugging time! Loyal listeners, thanks so much for joining us. This is Radioactive Spider Pod, the podcast that looks back on the 90s Spider-Man cartoon and asks, can you imagine a time wherein there won't be clobbering? Here to bring you episode 61, Arrival, I'm your host, the materialized Kevin McAvoy. And joining me as always, my fellow apocalyptic abductees, the turned up Vero Taylor. By the end of this podcast, it's turned up... Oh, shit. And the popped by Peter Iskandar. What does that even mean? <laughs> pop by. Remember when people used to pop by? Oh, like the pop in. Uh, yeah, like a pop in. All right. Just a reminder that we'll be posting screenshots for this episode and other good stuff on our social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. So give us a follow if you'd be so kind. All of the links are on the web at RadioactiveSpiderPod.com. We're also on Patreon with exclusive bonus episodes, outtakes, and oddities. That's patreon.com slash RadioactiveSpiderPod if you want to support the show. And if you want to join us at home, you'll be happy to hear we're done with the sobriety and back on the sauce. As an ode to this arc's secret wars, we're doing our own secret pours. What's tightening your lips today, boys? Well, I've got myself a, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> I have myself a beer from the Lake of Bays Brewing, but I'm not telling what kind. And myself, I'm happy to divulge this information. I have a Mott's Clamato Caesar in a can, pre-mixed, and it's the works with horseradish. Ooh, spicy. I myself have a uh, side launch, and I I won't tell you where it's going, but it's bound for somewhere. Nobody knows what that means, but it sounds like we're well on our way. So let's assemble our troops and lay out the ground rules because we're already upon Secret Wars Chapter 1. Arrival! Arrival first aired November 7th of 1997 was written by John Semper, the Semper Senpai, along with Karen Milovic, who has never written or done anything before or since, which is weird and also happened two episodes ago. Anyway, this Secret Wars thing sounds familiar, so it's time for another Hush Hush edition of Peter's Comic Book Minute. Peter's Comic Book Minute. So the next few episodes are an homage to the classic... Marvel event called Secret Wars, which was originally from May 1984 and all the way to April 1985. It was written by Jim Shooter with pencils by Mike Zeck and Bob Layton. It was a 12 issue uh, miniseries and a real quick synopsis is cosmic entity called the Beyonder observes the mainstream Marvel universe. Fascinated by the presence of superheroes on Earth and their potential, this entity chooses a group of both heroes and supervillains and teleports characters against their will to battle world a planet created by the beyonder in a distant galaxy this world has also been stocked with alien weapons and technology the beyonder declares i am from beyond slay your enemies and all that you desire shall be yours nothing you dream of is impossible for me to accomplish some highlights from this is superheroes and villains have several skirmishes but there are also several significant developments in the series Uh, for example the character Titania and Volcana are created. The second Spider-Woman, Julia Carpenter, is introduced. Spider-Man finds and wears the black costume for the first time. Colossus ends his romantic relationship with a heartbroken Kitty Pride. That was a <gasps> thing, apparently. And the thing gains the ability to revert to his original human form of Ben Grimm at will and chooses to remain behind in Battleworld and explores the galaxy for a year, with She-Hulk temporarily joining the Fantastic Four as his replacement. So, pretty interesting um, story arc to read. It's 12 issues, but it's like that uh, like 80s comic book kind of style. It's pretty dry, lots of text, but worth a read. Cool. I guess we'll find out how closely this resembles that uh, original source material because our episode begins with Spider-Man hurtling through space and time courtesy of Madam Web. She brings Spidey to meet a mysterious and powerful being called the Beyonder 
who takes a humanoid form and explains that he and his servant, Madam Web, are interstellar travelers who have become curious about a little planet called Earth. So we're back in the galactic butthole. Oh, God. <laughs> the galactic colonoscopy, if you will. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What is more disturbing, that uh, horrible butthole that's like clenching in the distance or her horrible snake eyes or the testicles she has that are masquerading as a chin? Wait, what? <laughs> what was that last one? <laughs> what? what? <laughs> now, these snake eyes are creepy, though. I don't like it. Yeah. Keep the glasses on. Jesus. I like that she also decides to go ahead and steal a line from Empire Strikes Back really quick here. Like, yeah. It's not like anybody saw that movie. No one will notice. Are you afraid? No. You will be Spider-Man. You will be. Yeah. It's it's a straight up lift. Uh. <laughs> so then Madam Web goes and uses her powers to go and like paralyze Spider-Man. And he's just like, I'm paralyzed. I'm like, haha, Madam Web has shown her true pl- what her true plan is to make everyone a paraplegic like her. <laughs> I was going to say, why did he make he's like, oh, why did I make so many jokes about Alistair Smythe? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. oh, no. Slides <laughs> down into the muddle. He also goes all like negative. Like it's like Mr. Negative. Who we never seen in this series. You know that a character is getting fucked up when they go inverted. Right? Some weird yeah. shit's gonna happen. I like how uh, like they bring Spider-Man through this thing, and then uh, you know they, you can hear the Beyonder starting to talk. But Spider-Man gets dropped here, and he just looked choking. Like, were they not allowing him to breathe while he was in like paralyzed? Like they just paralyzed his lungs too. Let us begin. <laughs> I think he was in stasis and his body was just like, let's not do anything. He was paralyzed, Kevin. That means everything. Oh, my God. That's horrifying. So was he conscious and just like, ah, like yeah, the I whole know. time? Apparently. Oh, my God. It's the Beyonder. Peter's character run down. So the Beyonder's first appearance is actually in the Secret Wars series in May of 1984. It was created by Jim Shooter and Mike Zeck. His abilities are near omnipotence, omnipresence in the Beyond realm, and near omniscience. So some dictionary words for you. God shit. Basically. Well, Beyonder's like, oh yeah, I'm a creepy fucking pair of eyes in the sky. Why don't I assume a more familiar form? And then he like, converts himself into Harry Osborn. Hello, friend. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, I think we all expected Uncle Ben, you know? Well, first I thought that it was like Mordo's voice. Oh, yeah. Who does his voice? So the Beyonder is played here by Earl Bone or Bowen. <laughs> it's spelled B-O-E-N. So I could go either way. And I'm sure he could, too. So we've actually covered him before because he's also the voice of the Red Skull oh, uh, in nice. previous episodes. Right. Um, but I mean, what are you going to do? <laughs> uh, speaking of being voiced by Baron Mordo, uh, the Beyonder looks like Wolverine and Baron Mordo's love child. It's that like Wolverine haircut with the Be- um, with Mordo's goatee. It's quite a look, to be fair. Very Ace Ventura. My goal is to come out of quarantine looking like the Beyonder with like the devil horn mullet, sideburn rat tails and the goatee. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Unholy yellow eyes. The whole deal. It's going to look hot. So he floats in and he's like, Think of me as one from beyond. Call me the Beyonder. And I thought Spider-Man was going to go, I'm from New York. Call me a New Yorker. Hey, Um, yo, I'm walking here. Fucking Beyonder just hammers this beyond thing. I'm... From beyond, I, beyond your understanding, I come from the beyond, so call me Jimmy. (laughs) Well, the Beyonder continues their chat, explaining that our morality is foreign to him, and that, as an agent of good, Spider-Man has been chosen for a little experiment. To determine whether good or evil is stronger, Beyonder chooses a distant, idyllic planet and dumps some evil goons there, including Doc Ock, Alistair Smythe, the Lizard, Doctor Doom, and the Red Skull. Naturally, they arrive on the unsuspecting world and promptly start fucking shit up. So the Beyonder here is just like, You are obviously an agent for good. I'm like, that's just perspective, man. Because according to Dr. Octopus, he's an agent of good. According to, yeah. like, Dr. Doom, he's doing good, you know? Yeah. If he doesn't understand morality, um, how does he know that? Like, wouldn't he just default to using laws to understand good be evil in which case yeah. spider-man is a vigilante 
So I feel like if he was to look at good versus evil, you're right. Dr. Doom would be something he would side with because Doom brings a place of horror and struggling under a monarchy to prosperity. Yeah, they don't have quote unquote freedom, but he'd be like, but look how wealthy they are. The man who can choose anything and to do whatever he wants would probably value freedom pretty highly. Uh, That's fair. Yeah, but the Beyonder goes and says that Dr. Doom, like his people hate him and all that stuff, but they don't in the comics, far as I know. Like, yeah, they not really. think he's like a good leader, like he protects them and he actually gives a shit about his country. So I don't know where the fuck they're getting this from. Yeah, I do like that he says, uh, Our scrutiny has revealed much about humans that we don't understand. For example, you drive on a parkway and park on a driveway. We wish to become stand-up comedians. <laughs> so he goes through his laundry list of villains. Otto Octavius, Dr. Doom. Alistair Smythe. The Lizard, the Red Skull. Uh, and actually, I kind of liked that he was trying to pick people with different motivations or justifications for doing the things they do. Uh, but I'm a little mad that he seems to be doing a war on science because three of these guys are PhDs that he's like, well, got to get rid of these. I'm sorry, science isn't inherently evil. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. He's like, another doctor of evil. Dr. Evil. Oh, yeah. Right. Science isn't inherently good or evil. It just depends how you use it. Like the death ray. (laughs) (laughs) I am going to call shenanigans, though, on these fucking, like, scrotum-headed aliens that get dumped in this episode. Like, he's like, oh, yeah, this this is a planet of... You know, it's a paradise. There's aren't no negative emotions, but like there's no way if that were true, they'd be wearing these like pointless blank robes like no paradise has pants. That's literally in the Bible. And I'm pretty sure of that because I vaguely recall going to Catholic school. So, yeah, thanks to this podcast. It's only a vague recollection. <laughs> it's getting vaguer every day, my friend. I really wanted um beyond or just be like i had briefly considered this the scorpion but then i discovered he was a pea brain uncoordinated <laughs> absurdly dressed excuse for a man uh, <laughs> oh why is everybody always calling me names <laughs> just from, just from like a million light years away like ah! <laughs> i mean why didn't they pick magneto why didn't they yeah i don't know magneto would have been a better pick than fucking Smythe. what would have the worst five-man roster have been like rocket racer oh. big wheel <laughs> the spot baby silvermane and iceberg oh god <laughs> it ain't nice to double cross the ice, the ice. And one of the aliens shoots him in the face <laughs> definitely baby silvermane just teleported to the planet <laughs> just like that. If it's <laughs> Peter picking it, it's just fucking five Morbius. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you forgot Morbius in that one thing. You also forgot Medium. No, and Landon. Medium. Landon's kind of shitty. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that would be shitty too. Sh- Landon in his foot. <laughs> I have a question for you guys, though. Um, does it feel now that the series has kind of jumped the shark with this episode? A little bit. It's like, yeah, fuck it. <laughs> well, it's not jump the shark so much as like it hit its peak like i really don't necessarily buy the idea that they thought they were gonna get another season or whatever this feels very ultimate you know yeah let's get it out of the way like just like let's do this thing because we're not like we gotta go that's what happens to every series you go to space when you got no more ideas left right right i mean they killed mary jane (laughs) yeah Yeah, like Where else are they going to go? And to be fair, there's really rarely continuity that aren't part ones and part twos. So as a point, this was kind of interesting that it literally picks up right after MJ vaporizes. Yeah, yeah, it's true. They bring in all these villains, but when they arrive, half of them immediately act like dickheads for no reason. (laughs) Like Ock Doc Ock flips a car just because. It was coming at him. And like the lizard just starts chasing around these little fucking meatbags. Yeah, the lizard is my favorite. He just, but yeah, he shows up and it's just rah, rah, come Everybody here. Rightfully <laughs> freaks out. He's just like, hey, come here, you little. Nim, 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 nim. He's gonna, he's gonna eat so many people. <laughs> you little blue snossages. If it was the comic, like the lizard would go and be like tearing people limb from limb and like eating all the like children. Like he ate his <laughs> son Billy. 
check out a previous episode for that story. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then I don't know if the Beyonder was paying attention to where they dropped them off because they materialized the Red Skull on a landing strip. (laughs) Yeah, he almost gets hit by a plane. It would have been real over real quick if he just got sucked (laughs) into a jet engine. Spider-Man and him are watching and he's just like, and the Red Skull, funk, uh, and Morbius, (laughs) shit. (laughs) He just brings in someone else. (laughs) Well, also, they go and say that one whose evil is so strong that it has transcended the boundaries of time, the Red Skull. Like, Red Skull is the most evil of them all? He's an actual Nazi. I guess, but... He didn't say most powerful, just most evil. I guess, I don't know. I guess he can see into their heart. Well, the Beehunter concludes setting up the episode, skipping ahead one year to see the results of the unchecked villainy. Surprisingly, it doesn't go great for our alien friends, and the planet has become kind of a shithole, much to Spider-Man's outrage. Beyonder then transports Spidey to the planet and instructs him to fix things, giving him the means to bring his own team of heroes to fight for good or die trying. Beyonder says, uh... I shall accelerate time. Time will pass equal to one of your human years. And it's actually just like a month on that planet. <laughs> That's how quickly things go go to shit. Yeah. I mean, it'd be the same amount of time, though, but, you know. Yeah, Vera. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Space. Time. Uh, Time. Our structures of time still are that amount of time. It still scales. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. That's right. It's just the lizard is now like 400 pounds. (laughs) It's so full of meat. (laughs) It's just like, ugh. I couldn't possibly eat another baby if I tried. (laughs) (laughs) although if you can adjust the flow of time why would you not just go like into the distant future of humanity and see how the struggle of good and evil plays out normally i think i don't think he can travel through time i think he can just he could just be in the future what does he care about time you know what i mean he'll just age himself uh ten thousand years and just be like oh i wonder what happens on this planet ten thousand years from now i'll just move into the future ten thousand years i don't care (laughs) yeah i don't give a fuck well it's because there was no answer there's no clear answer there weren't enough controls too many people are you know he's he's being a good scientist he's taking them out he's not being a good scientist he's intentionally fucking around with it ah no he's just like you know what i like this way more because scrotum headed aliens get to die (laughs) they were mean to him when he cycled around their planet as a comet yeah maybe he took one he took on their form but he couldn't get laid so they go and show what the planet looks like after a year and they pan over to a sign that says welcome to octavia and i could just imagine doc ock just being like i was going to call it autoland but that car dealership by the airport already used it (laughs) (laughs) he's got that statue built of himself in the shitty wasteland it's like welcome to octavia leave your panties at the door it gets piquant It's begun. <laughs> I was gonna say that statue looks like that. T- uh, the budget Octavius throne is right out of that Jesus fresco. It's like that. It's really bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean they were doing it under gunpoint. You're never gonna put on your best work. Yeah. <laughs> I actually really like Madame Webb's uh, line read here. When Spider Man asks her if he can really move time around, she's just like. The Beyonder can do many things. Like, she's just so openly aroused about it. (laughs) Like, she's, you know, she's put some dents in the Beyonder's cosmic headboard here. (laughs) He's, uh, he's hitting that. Spider-Man's just like, you two, uh, (laughs) cross those comet streams a few times. Our sex is beyond your puny mortal's understanding. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so you eat ass. Okay. <laughs> uh Spider-Man has some uh, righteous indignation as well here and uh he gets pretty mad at the Beyonder. You had to wreck an entire civilization to prove that evil is bad for such a powerful being. You're a few stars shy of a galaxy, pal. But he's also a scientist, so he should understand the concept of controls. Yes, yeah, that's fair. Beyonder was also curious just to see which one of them would come out on top, who would become some Serbian to who. He's probably just like, let's see what plays out here. He could have just put good and evil at the same time, but he wanted evil to get the head start. 
like it, it, that kind of ties into something weirder, which is the planet itself was supposed to be good, right? Yeah. So didn't good. So are you saying so, good already lost? Well, no. What I'm yeah, kind of because like if you wanted to do this cleanly, shouldn't, shouldn't he have picked like a blank slate planet? Like shouldn't he have picked like the neutral planet from Futurama? Well, I think that's what that planet was. That planet was a neutral planet. They didn't have, they weren't good and they weren't bad, right? But we go and see later that they were able to go and build defenses. Yeah, I guess that's so true. So it's just like they were neutral. They didn't have any qualms with each other. Kevin, you can't change a man whose heart is full of neutrality. Exactly. That's true. Uh, and then they spend a lot of time building up this weird computer that is going to move... Um, all the heroes to this planet and its limitations and all the stuff that Beyonder could have just done. Like it could have just had him zap them over, but they build up this computer thing, yeah, which is really doesn't weird. Make any sense. I think it's so that the heroes never actually see the Beyonder and then they're skeptical. That's Maybe. the only reason I can think of. Yeah. It gives it that initial conflict of like, why the fuck are we here? Yeah. I mean, he still could have done it, but I mean, so when I first heard that, it's like, Oh, it's just Spider-Man. Like, Okay, because Doctor Doom can fucking wreck Spider-Man like in yeah, it's, one it's a shot. Tricky, it's a hard fight. Yeah. yeah. And he's smarter than Spider-Man and more powerful. So I don't know. So Beyonder here just like it has just enough energy to transport a fixed number of people through time and space. Are, so are you going to tell me how many people that is? Like, it seems like that's important. Can you just give me like a ballpark figure? Like, eventually yeah. the machine I, goes and tells him, but it's like, maybe after you've like, I'm going to transport four people. And it's like, okay, you only have like X slots left. All right, good point. Oh, shit. I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> yeah. okay. no, I don't want all of them. Fuck them. Put them back. Put them back. I don't know. I just have to say, like, the setup to this story is actually pretty sweet. It's just like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Like, let's go and see how this is going to go. It's going to bring in some cool characters. Like, he already brought in some char- some new characters. And I don't know. They all gave me the... Uh, Got me all wiggly and majigglies. That is unacceptable. We are ending this podcast now. Spider-Man mulls over his fate, as well as his potential teammates on the side of all things good. Attempting to match heroes and villains, he chooses the Fantastic Four, Iron Man, Captain America, and Storm, but none of the other X-Men. They all arrive in a flash, but their reactions range from confusion to blind rage, and things get off to a rocky start. I get it. I get it, too. So do you think uh, Beyonder and Madam Web um, are just standing there with some sort of bingo card to see which one of them guessed right? Oh, yeah. She says she wagered. Like, she used the phrase, I'd wager, early in this episode. So they're probably betting on all of this. I love, though, that like Spidey sidles up to this teleporter machine. And I'm kind of pissed that they didn't go for the more obvious choices that they've been setting up for five seasons of this show. Right. He would have been like, well, I'm going to need help fighting these muties. So surprise me, Cecily. And then I'm going to need help exploring this strange planet. So bring me Metcalf. I'll need to hunt down some monsters. So that means clay. And then we'll have to infiltrate their territory. So it's up to Birch here. And then someone's going to have to search for clues to how this happened. So bring me Betty. And I've only got power for one more. So I'm going to make it count. If I'm going to go to war, I'm going to need the big guns. Talk to me, Lee Walt. <laughs> Brings them all in. They all show up. Yeah. Ready to go. <laughs> Why would you have done this? <laughs> Immediately. Like, no, you idiot. We can't do anything. You've killed us all. He goes and picks these people and he's like, Fantastic Four. I'm like, yes, awesome. And then it's like, Iron Man. Yes, awesome. It's like, Captain America. I'm like, holy fuck, Captain America. And he's like, and I'm going to need someone else. I guess, and he starts going through all the different X-Men. He's like, huh, I'm going to pick Storm. I'm like, okay, okay, cool. Because I thought it would be Wolverine right away because it's a fan favorite, obviously. Even Cyclops, he has his optic blast. He has all this stuff. Storm is like an Omega, uh, an Omega level mutant, but like, really? Okay. Yeah. Well, to I be mean, fair, you can't pick Wolverine because you know he's shitty in a team. You can't pick the guy who goes, I go where I want to go when <laughs> when you're like, okay, but we we actually have to work together, Logan. It's like, I'll take you, Morph. He makes me laugh. <laughs> Storm will take three X-Men in with her. Wolverine and Beast and Morph. First of all, 
when he's like, oh, a villain I've never heard before. Better call in the Fantastic Four, the people who actually know who the fuck this guy is. And then he's like, my friend, uh, what's his name? Iron Man. And I was like, so you do remember his name because he (laughs) definitely hesitates. (laughs) But it's like, he's like, oh, my friend Iron Man that I've met once and never mentioned before or since. <laughs> so it sounds like you guys are, are kind of like debating them. Who would you change if like this is his team? Who, who would you change if you had the option? Uh, Doctor Strange. Yeah. Yes, that was me, too. I was like, get rid of Captain America. He's too. Uh, well, he's no, too Red weak. Skull for Red Skull. It makes sense. Captain America. I'm saying like the last. I don't need thing. it to make sense. Just, just because he knows him doesn't mean he like. He's, he's had his head hands him. on his throat for 80 years. <laughs> and he's accomplished nothing. He doesn't, he's never been. Is there a vortex that he can get pushed into? Because otherwise yeah. he's useless. Unless he's killing himself, he's got no plan. I was saying, yeah, I'd want, I, I would want Doctor Strange as well. He's got experience with cosmic entities and he's very powerful. Yeah. I would have ditched, I would have been like, I only want Reed Richards. Like, let's be honest. If we're going to talk about it, I really just, not a fan of the rest of the Fantastic Four. Just bring mm. me the stretch. I mean, Johnny and Ben are such pieces of shit in this episode. I might swap <sighs> them out too. Like get Tyena yeah. and Mousy in here. <laughs> 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 no, maybe like maybe another X Man. Like if you can get Professor X, he's very powerful. That would be useful. Or um, I'd even get the Punisher in here, and he just could shoot one of these guys in the fucking head. And I'm like, oh, all right, that took care of that. For some background. The characters involved in the actual original story were the Avengers, which at the time had Captain America, Monica, Rambo, uh, Hawkeye, Iron Man, She-Hulk, Thor, Wasp, and the Hulk. And the Hulk was actually had Bruce Banner's mind in Hulk's body. Where have we heard that before? Um, There were only three members of the Fantastic Four that were chosen. Human Torch, Mr. Fantastic, and Thing. For some reason, Sue Storm wasn't there. At the time, she was pregnant with Franklin Richards, so I guess they just, Uh I don't know, they didn't put him there. Um, Spider-Man and Spider-Woman. The X-Men were there. Colossus, Cyclops, Nightcrawler, Professor X, Rogue Storm, Wolverine, and, of course, Lockheed the Dragon, everyone's favorite X-Man. Oh, Um, yeah. Magneto was also featured as a hero in the story, which caused some tension. Um, Interesting. Yeah, doesn't he go like neutral? He kind of goes on his own thing, seduces the wasp, uh, whatever. Oh, yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. go on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Please don't. On the villain side, it was Absorbing Man, Doctor Doom, Doctor Octopus, Enchantress, Kang the Conqueror, um, Claw, Lizard, Molecule Man, Titania, Ultron, <laughs> Volcana, and Wrecking Crew. And Galactus. Oh, and Galactus. Yes, thank you. But he also goes neutral. Yeah, he just kind of stands on a mountaintop. (laughs) (laughs) I am all powerful. Look at me. I'm not very hungry. So they teleport in and immediately everybody is shitty. I'm looking at you, Fantastic Four. Tell us what's going on or I'm going to squash you flat. And maybe this is the hill I'm going to die on, but God damn it. I hate Ben Grimm in this episode. Yeah, it's I also crazy. hate Johnny Storm in this episode. Bad move, pal. That's my friend you just messed with. Flame on! Actually, I, I should also mention that we got a big infusion of guest stars in this one, so let's just hammer out the credits as well. Uh, Ionia Morris is back for Storm. We saw her before. She also does Martha Robertson, so she kind of never left. Robert Hayes is back as Iron Man. Uh, he had that three-episode run in season three. And uh, David Hayter is uh, Canada's own, is uh, back as Captain America. Um, but oh, all yeah. of the Fantastic Four are new. Uh, Mr. Fantastic is Cam Clark, prolific voice actor, 300, sorry, 400 credits. Um, he was the original voice of Leonardo and Rocksteady on Ninja Turtles. Oh, sweet. Um, oh, nice. Also did a whole bunch of other stuff. He was Liquid Snake in the Metal Gear Solid series oh, with, with David, David Hayter, who was Solid Snake. Crazy. Which is kind of cool. Uh, Metal Gear, it can't be. Uh, Susan Storm was played by Gail Mathias, who got her start on SNL, but also did a bunch of voice role. Uh, you probably know her best from Bobby's World. She's the, the mom on there. You whore kids, I'm Bobby's mom. Um, and uh, Molly on Bump in the Night, which I remember very well for oh, some yeah. reason. Um, ben Grimm, piece of shit, uh, played by Patrick Pinney. Uh, he was in basically all of the Disney movies in the 80s and 90s in background roles, though. 
Um, hmm. Also did a lot of video games uh, for Blizzard and stuff. He was also on SpongeBob and in the Shrek movies, that kind of stuff. And lastly, Johnny Storm is played by Quentin Flynn, who has also got a lot of roles over 250, most notably Iruka from Naruto or Naruto or however the fuck you nerds say that. Um, he was also the only actor to reprise the role from the Fantastic Four animated series that ran in the 90s up until 1996, um, probably because he took over halfway for Brian Austin Green, who quit the show because he was too big for it. <laughs> that 90210 money also interestingly uh this quentin flynn guy also was in the metal gear solid series he plays the cyber ninja raiden oh sweet. oh shit so we have liquid snake solid snake and raiden and technically uh the guy who's playing uh beyonder was in metal gear solid as well along with the person who plays fucking uh felicia hardy <laughs> who's gonna be i think in another episode metal gear can't be so i don't know if you guys noticed this but um storm here goes and says spider-man <laughs> it just sounded exactly like our impression of Smythe. <laughs> spider-man spider-man i don't know why the mix of people like who love spider-man like iron man is his biggest fan and then uh, other people are just like this fucker yeah. I can't handle it. Like Ben Grimm is just like instantly ready to murder. Gotta get the Ben Patrol out here. Like no Ben. Ben <laughs> with tranquilizers. Reed Richards just so subservient to Ben in this episode. Like they're just he's terrified so, of him. Yeah, are they just act like they're kind of been abused? Like he's walking on eggshells the whole time. Like he, he's like deeply embarrassed by everybody else in his party. Like it's like <laughs> he's like a dad that brings his kids to the park, and the kids are just not listening. They're like eating dirt and throwing dead squirrels at the other children. He's just like, oh my god, no. What else do you do with dead squirrels? I mean, you could poke it with a stick like a normal person. The team meet and greet is interrupted here, though, by the arrival of the lizard, who tries to crush Spider-Man for reasons unknown. The heroes struggle with him for a minute before managing to incapacitate the raving reptile. Spider-Man is finally given a chance to explain their circumstances and uses it to plead his case for their help. When they're fighting, everybody is using their adult voices. Like, no, no, listen to me. No, no. Yeah. Help, everyone, stop. Like, Captain America is flexing so hard. Everybody, calm down. Trying to be the leader, he's like, no, no, everyone. It's me, it's Captain America. Look at the shield, look at the shield. <laughs> the lizard just sort of runs out here and just, everyone just looks at him, though. Like, he's beat, like, they, nobody does anything. Like, he just grabs Spider-Man, he's like gonna rip him in half, and everyone's just like, huh, look at that. Another weird huh. thing. Like, help him, you dicks. You know, another villain that thinks that just hugging is the ultimate move. I mean, he can crush you. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, instead of ripping him apart with the claws he has, he's just going to hug him. I mean, this whole fight is super weird because, like, eventually they do come to his aid, but they kind of duff it pretty bad. Like, you can't handle one scaly boy. <laughs> Yeah, I guess a steady him like eight to one, like get on it. I guess a steady diet of those blue beings just made the <laughs> lizard pure. Maybe they're made of pure protein. <laughs> yeah, There's yeah. no fat because it's a perfect world. So the lizard is just super strong. It's a high gravity planet. He's been like working out like Goku for this yeah. whole time. He's he's dropped his weights. He's ready to rock. Yeah. Even that Spider-Man's like, oh, don't hurt him. Like, Well, hurt him a little, <laughs> like, you know? <laughs> Sometimes, gotta make a point. So Cap here is just like, Everybody, form a perimeter around that monster and we'll attack from all sides. Just like I taught the six American warriors. It's a strategy that can't be beat. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the flying V. It always it works. It worked in 1941 and it'll work now. I'll just have a cigarette while you guys get to work. <laughs> good old Marlboro. It's good for your Q-Zone. <laughs> <laughs> and your T-Zone. All the zones. Actually, I love that Captain America's here in this place where he's, like, he's out of place in modern times. How is he handling this? Right. Because, like, Spider-Man's like, we're here on, a, like, an alien planet. And he's like, what the fuck? There are other planets? <laughs> Whoa, his head just literally explodes. Yeah, it's like that in Big Mouth when they find out that girls can get horny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, yeah just a match head. 
I don't know, guys. I'm going to ask a question that I think that should be answered. But um, are we to believe that Doc Connor's lab coat has survived a year on this planet with him <laughs> as the, in lizard form? And the name tag is still there? <laughs> and it's pristine. There's not a blood stain to be had on it. Maybe he takes it off when he's slaughtering. <laughs> yeah. Does he just like take it off, neatly fold it? And then just start ripping and off then limbs. then tear a baby in half oh, and drink God. the blood. Let's get busy. <laughs> He's not <laughs> Eisenhower. It's just, you're right, Peter. It's fucking like in mint condition. Right. <laughs> and again, so he nice. has to have the name tag. So he's like, guys, I'm a doctor. <laughs> yeah, fancy. exactly. I think Ben Grimm's like, all right, we'll listen to you now. Now you got some explaining to do, bug boy, and we're all ears. Spider-Man just been like, you're all ears. You look like you're all psoriasis. Oh, got him. Oh. And then the beating starts. <laughs> then the beating. They take the lizard down pretty quick and he's just like out. Well, yeah, I got a disruptor blast from uh, Iron Man. Right. Well, everyone is still somewhat unconvinced by Spider-Man's little speech, and the Thing and the Human Torch get all up in his fries about things, while the smarter heroes try to puzzle out what exactly is going on on this planet. Unfortunately, with everyone distracted, the Lizard makes a brilliant escape and heads out into the desert. Everyone puts aside their issues for a moment and sets out as a team to recapture the Lizard on the lamb. They're questioning Spider-Man here, and it's just like... Exactly what planet are we on? I don't know. And where is this Beyonder you speak of? I don't know that either. And who are you again? <laughs> I don't know. Peter Pot. Hey. Hey. <laughs> One of the... be like, what planet are we on? Is it that new one, Pluto? Shut up, Captain America. <laughs> You're barely here. He's just flipping some flippa-jippas over here, and toggling a switch over there he's just like look i'm helping the fucking thing is like something smells he taps his nose i hate the thing's nose i don't know why it looks so bad it's it's so poorly animated it's so weirdly shaped he looks like sexy squidward it's so bad it's pretty bad it like barely exists half the time i don't yeah i looked it up i'm like is that how he always looks the answer is no it never looks like this like they give him the eyebrow ridge but they don't finish his face like just give him no nose no, he you know? yeah. I mean, yeah, I was just arguing and, you know, now Johnny is going to like burn Spider-Man to death and that's acceptable. I say make you talk. Maybe I don't put you in the hot seat. And the thing is saying he's clobbering again. And I wish we'd started a drinking game about that. And this time, if he tries to web you, I'll clobber him. And Storm is just like, boys, boys. Boys, boys, can't we settle this quietly? Can't my absolutely insane pair of tits do anything to help the situation? Can't we just calm down? Look at them, look at them. The movie. They are fucking, ah, uh, it is something else. Someone <laughs> like, brought okay. out the circle tool to draw those. <laughs> I'm just going to get this margarine lid and trace around it. <laughs> Kevin and I paused it. And they insisted on giving like a little depth too, so you could tell they're weighty. They're hanging. They're hanging. They're weighty. <laughs> like two bags of sand. <laughs> <laughs> two fine pairs of sand. The effort that the animators put in on this rack of tits is Jesus. top shelf. Well, literally. Oh, man. It- I see a pair of thick, weighty breasts, and all logic flies out the window. And then the lizard is the most delicate and uh, uh, clever scheme for escaping a prison. He gets up when no one's looking and punches the wall <laughs> eight or nine yeah. times until it breaks and then jumps out. And you can tell they're kind of doing the Willy Wonka, like, wait, no, come back. Because they're like, fuck this guy. <laughs> right. Goodbye. He jumps down in the sand there and he just starts Jesus basilisking his way across <laughs> it. Like, he's just like, so unintentionally comical. So before they head out, uh, Iron Man here is like admiring the equipment, like technology, and he's like, From what little I can tell, this is some impressive equipment. They have (laughs) cup holders by every workstation. (laughs) (laughs) This truly is paradise. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It's all we're ever looking for. Humans are that easy. Right. Did you guys notice that Iron Man 
helped the thing get down from like onto the sand like oh so delicately <laughs> like everyone just like jumps out but the thing needed to be carried by iron man how'd that conversation go yeah it was really weird he gives him yeah. like a thumbs up yeah well sue storm <laughs> rode down uh mr fantastic but i think she's used to that so well, and Mr. Fantastic <laughs> made sure to shrink himself before the thing went, because I guarantee they—I guarantee you they tried that once, and it just <laughs> involved him, like, like yeah. <laughs> Mr. Fantastic just got like stuck just because the slide like. He really stretches me out. I don't—I yeah. don't like the ridges. Oh God. And like, yeah, the things made of rocks just jump. Yeah, superhero jump. Right. Right. Like, I don't know. I don't know why they need to like. Make Iron Man carry him. So I guess because they're building up as a team. I guess so. Out in the desert, the heroes are able to find the lizard when he is abruptly tossed out of a dune. Dozens of massive sandworms begin to attack and very quickly establish their dominance over the earthlings. Finding themselves fighting a losing battle, they retreat with the lizard back to the lab and the safety of one of Sue Storm's force fields. So when did we get into the Beetlejuice cartoon? It's either the Beetlejuice cartoon or the series Dune. Like, yeah, yeah. either way, they are stealing more ideas from other people here. Yeah. I mean, I did like the black and white uh, sandworms and in Beetlejuice a lot. They had a lot more personality, little beady eyes. These things are more like giant tapeworms. Like maybe they attach themselves to that cosmic colon that brought Spider-Man here. <laughs> maybe. They're kind of gross. They're pretty phallic looking. I don't think everything's phallic first looking. thing I noticed. Well. Of course it is. Quarantine I mean, has been pretty tough, eh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> no comments. Um, like, like how they just start trying to fight these things, and they are just getting wrecked. Like, yeah. Cap takes like one step forward and just gets dunked. And then Spider-Man Lovers yeah. carries him to safety. Yeah, he carries him like a fucking baby. It's deeply humiliating for both of them. <laughs> Really, Spider-Man just wanted to cradle the hero of America intimately. Yeah, throws him into a baby Bjorn. So I thought that these were just robots that Smythe made. But especially when Captain America is like, This thing's got its own armor! It doesn't even feel like this! But I guess not. But they seem to be alive. Yeah. But they have freaking lasers on their freaking heads. Yeah, but that's not a that's not a Smythe thing. That's more of a uh, Herbert Landon thing to give bioengineered lasers and stuff. Also, this right? is paradise. Why are there death worms? I was thinking that too. Well, that's why I thought it was like Smythe. He brought them and made them. Yeah. And that's how he yeah. conquered. Maybe they got Maybe released they by the villains. Know. Yeah. It's just weird know. that they would have such a very clear predator on a planet that's supposed to be peaceful. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's just kind of lame because, like, it's a decent enough fight that they get in here. Like, everyone, it shows what everyone can do and whatever, but they suck. Like, they nobody can stand up to these things. Yeah. Even yeah. working together, they only, like, repel them slightly. Captain America's classic move of punching it didn't work. Yeah. It worked when he did it on a Nazi robot. He's like, yeah. it can't feel my fists. And we're all like, yeah, Cap, we didn't want to tell you, but. <laughs> but then literally two <laughs> seconds later, the thing is just. Just like it's clobbering time drink <laughs> drink yeah but the thing is actually strong yeah yeah i'd say he's stronger than captain america i mean he's gone toe-to-toe with the hulk it's plenty of times of course he's stronger i think he's way stronger than captain america yeah i liked um when iron man and storm were like back-to-back fighting and storm's like oh thank you and i immediately started chipping that i was like alien <laughs> planet nice she can't nice. even see his face he sounds hot. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but he could be modulating it. I don't know. But the whole point of this is just to get them all working together. It's a classic move, right? <laughs> like Spider-Man saves the thing. The thing actually becomes appreciative. Um, <laughs> but then like they're like, oh, we got to get out of here because we fucking suck. And uh, <laughs> the, the lizard doesn't get the memo and he's just standing there swiping at this thing. <laughs> and it just fucking hadoukens his ass into the sand. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. 
And Spider-Man like does, he's like, oh, I can't leave him or whatever. We have to get the lizard back. Believe it or not, he's my friend. You can't be serious. And then Spider-Man just shrugs like he's an animal on the Floodstones. Like, it's a living. <laughs> <laughs> it's such an over-exaggerated look. I love it. So they're all like heading back now. And uh, even though like any of the flyers here, like, uh, you know, Iron Man or, or, or Johnny Storm or whatever, they yeah. could have flown back the lizard very quickly. Sue Storm's like, no, no, I've got this with hovering. And <laughs> she starts moving him for everybody, which is fine, but they're moving at her pace, which is the pace of a regular woman walking backwards, which is to <laughs> say not very quickly when you're being pursued by giant worms. <laughs> it's yeah, like a it's terrible like use a- of her powers. But also... Sue Storm's satchel, though, it's pretty nice. Her like little <laughs> hip satchel. Nice. <laughs> I don't know the uniforms here. The uniforms here for the Fantastic Four are kind of shitty. Like that, that weird, like tilted four and the neck. Uh, thing? I don't know. They're not very exciting. I don't know. No. I mean, at least Sue finally has a line. <laughs> yeah, she's actually doing something. I mean, she had like one line earlier, but not very much. Well, she asked where Beyonder is. Um, he's in be he's beyond <laughs> yeah it's in the name woman keep up uh, <laughs> let's go aren't you a genius <laughs> or just a grad student i can't remember Boom. so as the monstrous worms begin to assault the lab the team scrambles to reconstruct what happened there they reason that the base was a last stand against the villains and the worms were just another defense but when the lizard destroyed its power source it quickly fell with Sue Storm's force field also failing, they throw together a Hail Mary plan and have Storm, the X-Man Storm, zap the fucking base with a lightning bolt until that jump starts the security system. Naturally, this works perfectly. Kevin, you say scrambles in the description, and I would like to describe it more as a lazy conversation. Uh, it's a casual gabbing amongst new friends. <laughs> Sue Storm's over there about to have a stroke and they're just like oh yeah like I wonder what's going on hey what does this do hey hmm yeah maybe it was like a defense system I can't be certain but I think that this dish might have created a kind of energy force field meanwhile she's burst a blood vessel and she shit herself she's like no I not can't hold I don't know yeah going back like Iron Man is just like Huh, I don't I don't really know, but it looks like an energy gauge. It just keeps on. But it, and it like actually keeps on going like like they didn't notice that before. Poor Captain America's investigating a chair and they don't have the guts to tell him it's not anything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's just he, like, hmm. You just stay over there, buddy. Keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> How can my <laughs> shield help? Meanwhile, yeah, if I can see Storm still like sweating bullets i can't keep this up much longer yeah <laughs> i like how you're like sue can't keep that up forever <laughs> or can she it's <laughs> <laughs> just like we we've never actually explained anybody's <laughs> power so now that i think about it can she keep that up forever uh no no definitely no. not <laughs> All we know is that uh, Ben Grimm's here with his hexagonal nipples, which I can't unsee once I <laughs> oh, noticed it. It's too perfect. They actually did nipples on a character? Wow. No, no. but it's like like in the center of his giant tits, which are supposed to be pecs, there's like <laughs> like hexagons that are like look like nipples. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Kind of and you just want to be like, they're like dinner plates. <laughs> so, so they go and mention just like energy force field, a protective barrier. And I'm like... Oh, you mean like the ones Sue Storm is making? Keep up the good work, Sue. You're doing great. (laughs) Reed just slaps her on the ass like, good job, honey. Her eyes are beet red. (laughs) All blood vessels. She's got that one vein just like completely out of her head. It's like she's giving birth. (laughs) If they have the ability to generate a force field that's strong enough to keep these monstrous worms at bay. Monsters. 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 Why Why were they not able to use it to contain the lizard for some reason? I don't know, man. Plot convenience, <laughs> as usual. Because the lizard Absolutely. was a villain they weren't expecting. I, Because they're not used to something so rabid. I don't know. I, I mean, the worms are kind of like that, but whatever, I guess. Maybe he snuck in the back door. 
are the worms native or did they make them? Maybe we'll learn in the later episodes. Who knows? I, uh, I like that Iron Man here, though. He says, you can't just get power out of thin air. And then he just like nonchalantly covers the arc reactor in his chest. <laughs> like, you definitely don't have a source of uh, clean power anywhere uh. here. That's that's for sure. <laughs> See, Kev, I, I took it a different way. Just like you can't get energy out of thin air. And then Spider-Man's like, yes, we can. Storm, be a doll. Put on a pot of coffee. We're going to need it for this brainstorming session. <laughs> well, it's kind of what it is, because they're like, I love that the men can come together here to agree on a plan <laughs> to have the women do all of the work. Yeah. Like, it's like, it's very democratic. Like, did the guy from well, the 40s figure this part out? Well, Spider-Man's like, Storm, I remember that you could harness the elements like electricity. And she's like, yes, Spider-Man, you mocked me for it the second I met you. Um, power of web shooters, get real sticky. <laughs> she's kind of like, never really forgotten that. Well, Captain America's just like, yeah, let the dames do the work. We're going to smoke and hang out. <laughs> Let's Play get some, some brewskis. Yep. No, that's not true. Cap does fucking nothing here, just like Johnny and Ben do fucking nothing. Yeah. They just hang around. Poor Sue, the backbone of the Fantastic Four. I'm giving her her due. I mean, she holds them off for this whole time, so she's instrumental. And then uh, gives Storm the chance to just pump this thing full of lightning. And even though the batteries or whatever are destroyed, that works fine. So it's all good. Yeah. Like also lightning isn't a it's all energy. good once and for all. <laughs> <laughs> and then she promptly just dies because her face is like a Greek tragedy. Oh, my she God. <laughs> she does look gets, like she's dead or crapped him. She's just like, oh, and then out. And then the men are just like, nice. Hey, you did it, darling. You saved us. Nice. We nice. did it. <laughs> Good work, Good man. job, us. <laughs> <laughs> Great idea, Iron Man. Thanks, Captain America. Spider-Man, you were there too. Yeah, us. What a team leader. Greatest guy I've ever met. <laughs> Their headquarters secured, the team returns to dealing with the lizard. Using the alien tech, Reed Richards manages to reawaken the dormant personality inside of him, allowing Kirk Connors to take control of his alter ego, but unfortunately remaining in the reptilian body. Learning of the situation, Connors agrees to help however he can. Well, I'm glad Reed spent the last two hours, I don't know, learning their language or something. Because he's yeah, been quiet up until this moment, right. and he's like, this is my time to shine. Could Reed have, like, fixed the lizard at any time, and Connors was too prideful to ask? Like, is this is it the alien tech that allows him to do this, or is it more like he could have done no, it? Reed Richards, 100%, way smarter than Kurt Connors. Yeah, but, like, Connors is, like, he's just too, he's got too much pride to do it, like... He's the only other scientist in New York, and he's been one up in Connors his whole life. <laughs> but it's like a purely one way rivalry where Connors hates Reed Richards and Reed Richards doesn't know who he is. Yeah, 100 percent. Yeah. But for some reason, Doc Connors has been getting all the fucking press coverage. Yeah, that's him trying to, like, you know, build his like cachet. Yeah, he's he's leaking all the stuff to the press. Like he clearly called ahead and was like, "Oh, you should get the tablet of time to that Doc Connors guy. He's the smartest person I've ever met." <laughs> yes, sir. But yeah, that's I actually liked this because now you get the like father figure that is Kurt Connors uh in the kick-ass lizard body. And he looks so cute, too. What? I mean, why would you do that sound? Like cuz those are his like claws. Because oh. now no, he's, he's really two mincy with those claws. Like he's always like holding it around like I could help you, Spider-Man. <laughs> he's like, I don't know. Like maybe he's just he's not used to controlling the body yet because he just he looks like a total dork. It's lucky for them that they found this conference table with exactly nine chairs around it. Exactly. Okay, if there chairs. was eight, if there were eight <laughs> chairs, who gets cut? Um, Spider-Man would hang from the ceiling. Oh, that's true. Yeah, come Damn, on, bro. Like a Get your head out of your ass. You're right, you're right. I'm surprised he wasn't walking on a table, because apparently that's what he likes to do. It is what he likes to do. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's also lucky that like they're like, hmm, this dormant part of his brain, let's reactivate it. And it's like, well, nope, that made things worse. <laughs> he just like, starts slaughtering everybody. <laughs> like, well, it's also, he's still a lizard, even more so. Now he thinks it's mating season. <laughs> oh, gross. 
<laughs> Reed, you're gonna have to take one for the team. <laughs> Why? Why Reed? Because he can stretch into a lizard. Yeah, but uh, okay. No, but like no. Ben, can, Ben Grimm can probably take it. <laughs> Come on, Gumby, get in there and fuck that lizard. So now I guess Doc Connors is sentient in the lizard's body. Yeah. And the first thing he does is just starts fucking jerking off because that's what Doc Connors wanted to do the whole fucking time. It's like, I have two hands, Spider-Man. Give me a fucking minute. This is amazing. (laughs) He's he's palming that cloaca like it's going out of style. He just fucking sits up and is like, I have to go and just runs away. Or he's just doing it and nobody's acknowledging it. They're like, it's the classy thing to do is to not draw attention to it. Well, realizing that all of this random bullshit has galvanized them as a team, Spider-Man makes his second pitch for the help of the other heroes. This time, everybody jumps on board and an alliance is formed with Spidey at the helm. Meanwhile, Beyonder and Webb look on and ponder about whether this early success will continue with the danger ahead. So they're sitting here around the table trying to decide who's a leader. I mean, why isn't Cap the leader? Usually he is. First of all, he's bummed that he didn't stand up first to agree to work with Spider-Man because Storm (laughs) beat him to it. I, for one, accept your leadership, Spider-Man. You could tell he was like in the process of being like, (laughs) yes, Spider-Man. And then she's like, Spider-Man, I'll follow you. He's like, damn it. (laughs) So her voice is Smythe's voice. (laughs) (laughs) Spider-Man, I'll follow you. Yeah, it is what it is. Uh, <laughs> she's used to having to deal with Cyclops as a leader, so she's so fucking right. ready to jump ship for a real yeah. man. Like she's like anybody else can't get worse. Well, if we remember the episode where the Cyclops was there, the X Men yeah. immediately he got just immediately, <laughs> yeah, like left him out to dry. They were like, "Oh, let's all listen to Spider Man." Cyclops was like, "Spider Man, Spider Man, Spider Man, Spider Man," just start chanting. Yeah, we want Spider Man. We want Spider Man. And I mean, Capsom gets shit done with the team of geriatrics, so he's on board. I too am with you. And then Iron Man's pretty cool in this iteration. He's not really much as much of a dick as he is in the MCU. As always, it's a pleasure to fight by your side. They did send two beings in an interdimensional portal and stop energy-sucking vampire people. And saved so. his business. So, you know what? Yeah. I think it's, it's this Iron Man's just more confident. He's got self-confidence. Well, yeah. Is Iron Man usually not? I think he's disguising his lack of confidence. Fair enough. By being a dick. <laughs> yeah. I'm not speaking from experience. Shut up. <laughs> oh, oh, God. And then Reed joins. He's He agrees to follow Spider-Man because, you know, brain recognizes brain. Right. But of course, you know, the real leader of the Fantastic Four is apparently fucking Ben Grimm. Yeah, right. Who's sitting there quoting Game of Thrones? I owe you one for saving my hide out there. And Ben Grimm always pays his debts. We're in. But even, like, Reed's like, Ben, is is that okay with you if you stay and party with the other boys? Like, is that okay with you? Ben, can you behave yourself, buddy, or are we going to have to go home? <laughs> All right. So they cut to Madam Web in the Beyonder, like, just chilling, I guess. They've been watching yep. this whole time. They're eating popcorn. What do you guys think they're talking about? Uh, who's hotter, obviously. No, obviously. I really think that... Spider-Man fits into those tights better than Reed Richards. Yeah. <laughs> they're probably just like, they're going to be so surprised when they find out that this is really a dance contest. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like being broadcast on interdimensional TV. Show me what you got. Show me what you've got. <laughs> I want to see what you've got. Come on. Yeah. Do you think they're just betting on who bangs first? Absolutely. That's part of it. That's it's really like there's a million like side bets that are going oh, on. Oh, yeah. Here. Like the chess pieces, they have them like all paired up. Yeah. Fucking, uh, he ends this by saying, Soon Spider Man must face his greatest horror in the universe. It's like cut to Anna Watson doing a naked can can <laughs> on all the hollow screens at the base. It's like, ah, it's so specific. Why is she so flexible at this age? <laughs> <laughs> all of the ribbles, all the skin flaps move at once. Oh, that Brussels sprout diet is not doing her any favors. Oh, God. I mean, what else would his fear be? Like, okay. Yeah, it's, it's Anna Watson naked. You're right. On a cold day. <sighs> on a cold day. Anna Watson. Naked on a cold day. Anna Watson. Naked on a cold day. 
And then it's Harry Osborne also joining in on the dance. And then Oh god, <laughs> just helicoptering around. Yep. I'll deal you know what? I'll deal with the sandworms. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> Dives through the window. Well, Beyonder isn't the only one staring at his toys because the bow on this episode has Spidey playing with his chessboard and planning his next move. He's reassured by his pal, Doc Lizard, and tells him that he plans to journal this fight, this secret war. Are they going full Star Trek with this? Like something about the chessboard and then the lizard going, I sense that you're worried, felt very TNG to me. Well, TNG was so hot right now. At the yeah, time. That's true. But also, is he actually planning strategy on a chessboard? Because that doesn't really work. <laughs> yeah, that's not anything. Where yeah. did he even get these toys? Who moves in an L shape? Who moves only diagonals? Who moves only in horizontals or verticals? It doesn't make what sense. What if your friends see it? And they're like, hey, why am I a pawn, you dick? Right? I'm going to need you to make it make sense, Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah, this is no bueno. You don't even know what the terrain looks like. It should be like Warhammer. Damn yeah. right. But then he's got to take all that time and to paint the minis. <laughs> he's just painting miniatures. And then he's like, uh, can I help you, Spider-Man? He's like, no, it's, it's strategy. <laughs> uh, Spider-Man, it's taking you three weeks to uh, to plan this strategy. He's like, the minis can't be on the field unless they're painted. <laughs> He's like, it's, look at my Ben Grimm. It's clobbering time. <laughs> See? Rah, rah. It's so much more believable. Look at oh, me. Man. I'm Iron Man. You want a drink? Uh-huh. Man, the lizard is also so fucking casual about everything. It's kind of off-putting in a way that I don't think I fully understand. I love that he comes up here and he's just like, I sense that you're worried. And he's like, points at him with a finger gun. Yeah. What are you doing? And then he does the tongue thing. It's just like, can you stop doing that? Sorry, force of habit. <laughs> That's how I smell. He's like, oh, what's that in your hand? And uh, Spider-Man says, It's some kind of recording device I found. This is going to be the biggest battle of all time. And I'm going to use this to keep a diary of it. I'm going to definitely use it for historical reasons and not so it can be used as a storytelling device in the later episodes. That is for sure. Yes, but he goes and actually says it. I'll record whatever happens so that the greatest war ever fought isn't a secret war. Sorry. Where are you going? Come back, Peter. Come back. Peter's marched off. He's gone forever. Floating away. I wanted Lizard to be like, he's like, you know what? I wouldn't even worry about any of this. We literally outnumber them two to one now, and they refuse to work together. So right. I'm predicting a big W for the side of good. Yeah, but Doctor yeah. Doom's a tough muffin. I mean, a tough cookie. <laughs> <laughs> no tough muffin. Don't talk about his muffin that way. He is muffin topping above that t- with that tunic and that belt. Right. Well. It looks like we're going to have to keep this secret for a little longer because that's it for this episode, which means it's time for some arbitrary spider ratings where we rank the episode using whatever idiotic metric we can come up with off the top of our heads. Vero? Uh, I give this episode four tusked dune worms out of five. Uh, I really like this episode. Uh, The team up was sick. The premise makes sense it's just a classic good versus evil uh and like i said the fact that the lizard is now sentient is fun because i really like the lizard and i'm excited to see where teamwork takes them (laughs) also fuck the fantastic four (laughs) all right kevin (laughs) i'm gonna give this episode approximately three light years of small space intestine out of a possible four um it's a fine enough setup episode. Uh, it makes things clear. Uh, snuck a little bit of action in it, and the fight was serviceable. My gripes are that it's almost all set up. Uh, the lizard flipping teams immediately kind of defeats the purpose of this whole test. And everyone looked kind of wimpy comparing to some giant bugs. But all in all, it is really cool to see this gallery of heroes. And I'm really excited to see them take on a villain. Um and if I recall, I think there's about two episodes more of this. So that means we're going to get to see them fight two baddies per episode, which is actually really cool. It's not bad at all. It's just I think it's what it's setting up that I'm going to be more interested in. Cool. As for me, I'll give this eight out of 11 fixed number of people to transport through space and time. 
<laughs> I think it was a great setup. It was great to see new characters. Fantastic Four, Doctor Doom. Um, and honestly, I found it pretty difficult to come up with things to criticize about this episode because it was it was pretty interesting. I like the explanation at the beginning where Beyonder's like, this is what you got to do, which sets it up so fucking clearly. And then you get pretty stoked when Spider-Man's like, I'm going to go and get the best of the best, you know? Um, so and also and, and storm. storm. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm looking forward to the next few episodes. Cool. Well, I mean, this is it guys. We are down to brass tacks. Like this is the last hurrah, the final gauntlet. Yeah, that's good. Oh, sorry. I wasn't listening. I was just reading the headline for the next Daily Bugle. He's supposed to have some big scoop. The moment all America has been waiting for. Today's issue of the Bugle. Brock's big scoop. Eddie Brock's biggest scoop. Big news, too. That's unbelievable. Exactly how did you happen to get this? Secret Wars, Chapter 2, The Gauntlet of the Red Skull. Spider-Man and his team plan to infiltrate the Red Skull's base, teaming up with a group of freedom fighters that they discover on the planet. We're going to have to see some of these fucking nerds in action. Like the, the scrotum headed aliens are going to have to fight for their right to party or whatever. I'm calling it now. They take like one, just one ounce of damage and they just liquefy. <laughs> are the, do they even <laughs> have bones? Fodder. I always love you. They will. <laughs> 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 we'll be getting some mileage out of that. Just blah, blah. Yeah, there's going to be, I, I call so many splats. I'm very excited. Well, I mean, they've already eradicated half of their society. What's a few more? Oh, is it going to be awkward when the lizard has to team up with them? <laughs> Ooh, sorry about eating your children. <laughs> Ooh. All right. Thanks for being with us, loyal listeners. If you like this episode, please share it with your friends, your family, and your civilization-ending cosmic scientists directly or on the socials. In fact, you can also tag us in your RA Spider Pod talk, and you might even win some free swag. If you love the show, you can also join our Patreon, cover your body with our weird merch from TeePublic, or take a second to rate and review us on your podcasting platform of choice. Links for everything are on our website, RadioactiveSpiderPod.com. We'll be returning from an infinite mind-bending space colon in two weeks with our next episode. Until then, this is Radioactive SpiderPod saying, you're a few stars short of a galaxy, pal. Oh, damn. It's so hard to let you go. Keep swinging. Leave me. Peace and reunion to you. Be seeing you, ma'am. Nah, fuck. Ha-ha. Leave me. I will, <laughs> I will love you always. I'm afraid, I'm afraid I, I cannot do that. Fuck. <laughs> but Sue Storm also great cans. I'm going to say it. It's clobbering time. Ah, snack time. Hop, hop, hop. Spider-Man. Goblin War.